Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. It's the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City in the Mitten State. Ooh, it's a good day today. It's a good day today. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're presented by the second string and the secondstring.com. It's good to be back on the mic. It's good to be back talking some sports. Hey, it's only been two days. I haven't been off much, but it's good to be back. I'm fucking always, you know me, I'm always just chomping at the bit. Someone brings up sports. You want to talk some Lions? You want to talk a little Red Wings? Hey, let's see. We'll do some Pistons. If that's your thing, if you're into that kinky stuff, we'll do the Pistons. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to talk. Going to try to keep today's episode a little shorter than Tuesday's, but I'm excited. I got to say right off the top, we're going to do some wings today. Just mention it. I don't know how long. We'll do a little piston, just kind of teasing you a little bit. Just te- sprinkle in a little stones and a little Red Wings on you. Yeah, yeah, just sprinkle it just a little bit, just to tickle you, just to tease you a bit. And then we're going to do the Lions, Michigan, Michigan State. I got to say, though, before we get into it today, um, last week, or I mean, not last week, last episode on Tuesday, kind of the theme of it was the Detroit Lions. And then it kind of evolved into obviously heartbreaking loss, obviously stereotypical as as Detroit Lions loss as it gets. Um, morale was low and understandably. People were talking, people, I, I always say within 24 hours of a loss, especially a loss like that, you kind of get a free pass. All right, you can say some stupid shit, whatever, we'll look the other way. But then Monday, Tuesday comes around. Tuesday, like, we let's go. Let's fucking tune it up a bit here. Let's tighten it up. Let's use our brains. Let's say logical things. Let's be positive was a big, big talking point. And let's move forward. Let's try to fix this thing. Let's try to be part of the solution, not the problem. Big theme of uh, yesterday's or Tuesday's episode. I cannot fucking remember that uh, that episode was on a Tuesday for some reason. Big theme was the positivity, or I guess I should say the negativity of Detroit media. I'm talking 97.1, Mike Valeni, although I do find Valeni entertaining. He's fucking the most negative guy on earth. We're talking Woodward Sports, then you guys on the block, who you would think if you're going to create a rival media station, you don't want to do the exact same shtick that the that the head honcho in 97.1 has been doing for years. You'd think you want like the whole point for me when I started doing this podcast, when I had the idea, when I would sit there and go, man, it's today the day that I start the podcast. Oh, it'd be fun. I'd like to do it. And I'd think about, you know, why, why should I start the podcast? What's like going to be different? I figured, Hey, you know what? Everybody just talks shit and piles on and is like almost loves like when the Detroit teams are down because they can pile on and just shit on everybody and be negative and make it just worse than it already is. It's almost like that's the case. It's almost like these people in Detroit media. I like, I know Valenny's from New York, so he probably doesn't really care, which is fine. But some of these people in Detroit media, these Woodward sports guys, I think they're from Detroit. I think they're from Michigan. You'd almost think that Woodward sports has been around for what? A couple months. You'd almost think some of these guys are sitting there like, ooh, rubbing their fingers together, fucking warming it up. Ooh, Dan Campbell lost again. That means I get to roast them. Like, you'd almost think that's the case. And not just the Lions, Pistons, Red Wings, Tigers. You'd almost think 
that's the case. They're just sitting around getting off to the idea that, oh, I might be able to say this guy's bad at his job, even though he's only been there for three weeks. Drove me crazy, still does drive me crazy. That pretty much, I mean, I spent like a half hour talking about it on Tuesday. So, did the episode, put put it out on TikTok, Instagram, kind of picked up some steam. And I'll tell you what, half the reason I'm so fired up to be here today and talk today is I put out the clip pretty much calling him out. Like, what's the deal with the negativity? What were you expecting? It's week three. We've played three playoff teams. We have maybe the worst roster in sports, let alone the fucking league. I don't know why people are freaking out and jumping ship on Dan Campbell. Who was expecting us to be 3-0 and against the Packers, Niners, and the Ravens? Who was expecting a rebuild to take three weeks? I don't know where like people are getting this idea. And then they got the balls to go say, is Dan Campbell really the guy? I don't know what those people are talking about. And that's what I said. Picked up some steam. And it wore my fucking heart to see how many people were on board with being positive. We're on board with like, yeah, dude. It's like saying the same thing. Like, hey, they like the defense. Here's a positive. The defense held Lamar Jackson and that offense in check. Hey, they battled in that San Francisco game. They could have just quit. They could have mailed it in. And you could almost bet your life that they would have in the Patricia era. Dude, you're down 30 points, third quarter. Okay, mail it in. Let's go home. Let me fucking get out of these football pads. You think that's not happening with Matt Patricia? They didn't quit. They almost came back under Dan Campbell. There are positives. And it warmed my heart to see how many people that wanted to talk and wanted to focus and wanted to even acknowledge that there are positives. It warmed my heart because you think about the Lions. You think about the history of the Lions. I mean, it's just failure. It's been nothing but failure, nothing but heartbreak, nothing but disappointment. Honestly, nothing but negativity. That's what I said. And you'd think you'd think a lot of people kind of would fall into that. Like on one hand, with these guys, 97 what Woodward Sports, I get it. It's two-pronged. Like one, they get the clicks. People talk about it because they say stupid shit. Fair enough. Like that's the name of the game, I guess. But on the other hand, if they genuinely are, like some of those guys are genuinely that negative and genuinely refuse – to even acknowledge anything productive or positive happening. If that's truly how they feel, they go to bed at night and they're like, fuck this. If that's really how they are, it's not just for the clicks and the attention. You kind of got to understand to it to an extent, like, Hey, it, it's, it is the most negative franchise in sports. I don't know who you'd put them up against. Maybe the Cubs before they won. Like, I don't know who else there is. It probably is the most negative franchise in sports for everybody alive, unless you're like, what, 70 years old or older. They haven't done anything in your lifetime. So it makes sense to an extent why everyone's poo-pooing. And you can see why people have no interest in being positive or buying into any aspect of it. I don't need you to buy in and say, Dan Campbell's the best coach in the league. He's going to take the lines of the playoffs this year. He's going to be, he's going to win Super Bowls. I don't need you to be that. That's fine. I like, that's, you know, that's a little reach, but is it too much to ask to not quit on the guy after he's been here for three weeks? I don't need you to run a fucking banner down Woodward saying Dan Campbell is God 
But can you give the guy a chance for more than three weeks, not even a quarter way through the season? And people want to bury him. They want to bury his tenure. They want to say it's never going to work. Hey, it hasn't worked in the three weeks he's been here, which means it's never going to work. Like, that's a little fucking much, don't you think? So it warmed my heart to see how many people responded well and responded saying, yeah, dude. Let's be positive. What is negative and poo-pooing and bailing on Dan Campbell and piling on? You think they want to be 0-3? You think Dan Campbell's throwing fucking pinata parties in the locker room because they've lost their first three games of his career? You think they're juiced up? You think he goes home and makes love to his wife and he's like, this is the best day ever. We're 0-3. You think that's what's happening? Fuck no. Dan Campbell's more pissed than anybody out there. He wants to change things. He was in Detroit. He knows the drill. He wants to change things. He's not fucking partying over being 0-3. Give the guy a little bit of slack. My God. It was good to see. It was good to see. You'd kind of expect most Lions fans, or understand at least from me, like I would understand if I put out the, I'll be the positive guy. Like, let's take it easy. Let's focus. I'd understand if everyone's like, dude, it's the ownership. They'll never be good. The Lions think like, I understand where those negativity guys and those people are coming from. I get that perspective. I see why you would have that point of view, but it felt good to see the, the amount of people that were on the other side. Like, Hey, you're like, yeah, let's be positive. Because guess what? Being more negative and shitting on him more and saying the Lions stink and saying it's never going to change. You're right, dude. Hen- what was it? Henry Ford or fucking somebody said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. Yeah, if you keep saying we're going to be the Lions forever and Dan Campbell can't do it and it's never going to change. Yeah, you you might be right. You're probably helping that narrative to be right. Why not, though, be a little bit like, you know what? This season's going to fucking suck. We're going to lose a bunch. It's going to be sad. It's going to be depressing. Why not pick out the, hey, the defense shut down Lamar Jackson. Hey, these guys look like they care about Dan Campbell. Hey, DeAndre Swift is a stud. How about picking out the good stuff? How about focusing on the good stuff? I don't need more, oh, these guys stink. This coach stinks. I've had 24 years of it, dude. I don't need more of that shit. It felt good to see all the people rally around. It was TikTok, (laughs) TikTok mainly. I can't believe I'm on TikTok. TikTok mainly, people were rallying, dude. Let's get positive. I love it. Detroit needs more positivity, especially when it comes to the Lions. All right, um, let's take a quick break. We're gonna look forward. I'm gonna we'll do a couple minutes on the Red Wings Pistons. I mean, there's not much to talk about. The seasons are starting though. Training camp. Red Wings were just in Traverse City. You're getting scrimmages. They play the Blackhawks tonight as I record. So when you hear this, last night they played the Blackhawks in the preseason. Pistons, you're getting fucking media day. Cade looks so clean in the red, white, and blue. I swear. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's Cade. Maybe it's the number one pick. I swear to God, those red, white, and blue threads have never looked better before Cade Cunningham put them on. Ooh. Ooh, he pulls it off. But you're getting clips from the Pistons. Cade shooting around. Those guys giving quotes. We're starting to hit the golden, the golden age of the year. The fall, the late fall, where it's basketball, hockey, and football all going at once. Woo, treat for us sports fans. I'm starting to get excited. Like, I know the Pistons, same deal. Probably not going to be great. Rebuilding, this and that. Red Wings, same deal. They'll be a little better, but they won't be great. I'm still starting to get fired up. I'm getting excited. 
the prospects coming up, the promise of the future. Talk about optimism and positivity. I don't think I've ever felt this good about either of those teams, talking about the Red Wings and the Pistons. They're both. It feels like the organizations, the players, and the fan base, the fan base is. It feels like everyone around those teams is kind of like, oh, shit, we're kind of like getting there now. Like the dark days, we're, 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 we're on the other side, guys. We're good. We're getting there. We got our guy with the stones. We got Cade Cunningham. Red Wings, we got Lucas Raymond, Mo Sider. We got guys coming up. Stevie Wise steering the ship. Troy Weaver's leading the show. Like, this is are things looking up? Are is there reason to be excited? I I I'm getting there. I'm starting to get those feels. I know we still got a couple weeks before they each play their first regular season game, but I'm getting fired up a bit about both of them. It's good to see. It is good to go into a regular season go into a winter season where really all these teams, but especially the the Pistons, the uh, Tigers, and the Red Wings have been very hand-in-hand in, hand in their time frames of what, like, they've all just been bad, like very fucking bad the last five, six years. They all got bad at once, right? And they've all been bad and very bad at once. So it is beyond refreshing. I don't even know how to describe it. It almost, it's like a surreal feeling, like something where if you told me it three years ago, two years ago, you, you said, Hey man, in 2021, you're going to go into the fall, go into the, go into the winter. And you're going to be excited to watch Pistons games. You're going to be excited to watch Red Wings games. You're going to be excited about where both of them are going as, as franchises. And you're going to feel like the, they're on the cusp of being able to win sooner rather than later. If you would have told me that two, three years ago, I would have said no fucking chance that's possible. Talk about purgatory. Talk about things never changing. I would have said no shot. Here we are, 2021, September 29th, and I'm I'm fired up. I want to watch the Pistons. I want. I can't wait for opening night, turning my TV on, Cade Cunningham getting introduced by Mason, and looking in the game, like watching the game, thinking not just, all right, whatever the Pistons are. Let's go, Pistons. Win the game. I, I'm, I want to watch Killian Hayes play well. I want to watch Sadiq Bey play well. I want to watch Cade Cunningham play well. I'm invested in these guys now. Like, let's let's go. I, I, I The idea that I'm going to watch Pistons games, I'm going to turn on opening night, and I'm going to care. I'm going to care about player progress i'm gonna care about potential like when killian throws a full court bounce pass i'm gonna jump out of my chair and probably yell and my dog's gonna start barking i'm gonna get to that point with the stones and the red wings i'm gonna have guys we it feels like we haven't had a stud like a guy who just makes plays out of nothing since datsuk you're telling me there's a chance Lucas Raymond might be fucking juking kids out of their jocks and netting stuff top titty? You're telling me Mo Sider's going to just be hospitalizing kids along the sidewall? You're telling me, dare I say, you're telling me Phil Zadina and Dylan Larkin might take steps? You're telling me we might have a first line that every night it's like, yeah, that's they're going to produce at least one goal? You're telling me we got a couple guys that if they if they made progress, if they put in the work, if they take the step, uh-oh, we, they might be 70-point guys. Oh, they're 80-point guy at some point. You're telling me Lucas Raymond is in the system? Jonathan Berggren? You're telling me the guy we took in the third round is looking like, oh, this dude might be a second liner one day that produces. Whew. It's exciting. It is an exciting time. And seeing the clips – 
makes it all that better. Like Lucas Raymond, you see a clip of him. He's like on the goal line. There was the goal in Traverse City. Just buries it. Don't know how it went in, but it did. But it did. You know how it went in? Because he's Lucas Raymond, and he's a guy that's going to be one of those people who's just, you know what, I'm better than everybody. I'm better than everybody. You see clips, Cade Cunningham working with fucking like Ben Wallace, shooting around with Jeremy Grant and Sadiq. Like these guys talking about how they're friends and they're bonding. Kelly O'Linux giving quotes. I love the vibe in Detroit. I felt like I'd fit right in. Josh Jackson, I love this city. Jeremy Grant, I don't think I'd be in the same place career-wise or personally if I didn't come to Detroit. I'm happy I did. Like the vibes and the morale around both of these teams, it, it's infectious, dude. It is fucking infectious, and it comes back to the Lions. When you get around people and you hear and you see people in a good mood, people with positive energy, people with the mindset of, yes, yes, something good is happening, instead of, ah, I don't know, or no, man, nothing good's ever going to happen. When you get around People with that mentality, like, hey, we're going to do stuff in Detroit. We're going to make the Pistons good. Like, the Red Wings are going to be contending in a couple. Like, you get around those people. You bring in people with that same mindset. You get, obviously, talented people. It rubs off. I'm just a fan. I don't know anybody on these teams. I've never met anyone. I'm not, like, a reporter. I'm not close to the teams. Dude, it still rubs off. Here I am. At the end of September, talking about the Pistons, talking about the Red Wings, getting gassed up to watch their games. It's a good fucking feeling. I missed it. I missed it. All right, let's take a quick break, um, and then we'll look ahead this week. Michigan, huge game for them against Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Big, that's that's going to be a fun game. That's going to be a, a, a fucking hilarious Jim Harbaugh narrative game. <laughs> Either way, he loses. It's awesome. Um, MSU's got Western Kentucky, dude. Night game, homecoming, you'd think, oh, MSU's going to clean them out, especially MSU coming off the tight one against Nebraska. you think they want to come out this week and let's punch these guys in the mouth. And it's Western Kentucky. Who gives a fuck? But Western Kentucky's supposed to be kind of legit. I've been reading. I've been hearing their, their offense, apparently. Their air raid is just it, – it, it's dynamite. That kind of makes me nervous. I don't like that. So we'll talk about that game. And then the Detroit Lions, your Detroit Lions. We got the Chicago Bears. One of the very, very few games the Lions are going to probably, I don't know. I'm going to think they're, I mean, the Bears had like 50 yards of offense. The Bears had like 50 yards of offense with Justin Fields last week. You're telling me the Lions shouldn't win that game? They're not going to be in a position where they should win many games this year. This is the first, this it's not going to be the only because we play the Bears again, but it's one of the only. So we'll take a quick break. Look forward to all the football games. Big weekend. I don't know. It's funny. It's funny. Every weekend I say big weekend, and now I'm realizing every weekend just like in college football, they're all big weekends. Yeah, Ohio State game's big. Yeah, Michigan game, you know, those hit a little different. But every game's big. Like, you can't lose is the thing. Western Kentucky, nobody gives a shit about them. I don't even know that people realize that that program exists. Still kind of a big game. I mean, you can't lose for state. It's also a night game. Also, like, Western Kentucky, I didn't know a thing. I still don't know a thing about them. But I'm reading stuff like, watch out for this Western Kentucky air attack. Look out, MSU sleepwalks. They're going to get a 40 spot hung on them. <laughs> what is going on here? 
What is going on here? What kind of world? What universe is this? Western Kentucky? Every week's a big game. Every week's a big game. Obviously, I would say probably of the three games in the state this weekend, that the MSU game is the most insignificant. I mean, sorry, Western Kentucky. If you're a Western Kentucky fan, I don't mean to insult, but it's the truth. Nobody cares. Are they the Hilltoppers, I think? Like, nobody cares about the Hilltoppers. What kind of name is that? It's why you're the Hilltoppers, because nobody cares. Michigan, huge game. Huge fucking game for the Wolverines. And Detroit, it's tough. I, I can't remember if I was saying this on a podcast or if I said this to one of my buddies the other day. It's tough to say that's a big game. I mean, in the grand scheme, yeah, it's the Bears' rival NFC North game. We're 0-3. They're, what are they, 1-2, but they're terrible. I can't believe they beat Cincy. They're terrible. And it's it, you probably should say, oh, that's a big game. Oh, that's a huge game, whatever. It's tough to get up for it. It's tough to come on and do the whole, well, let's break it down. Huge one for the Lions. Rah, rah, rah. Let's get up. Let's everyone get when it's we're zero three, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers like they exist. They're a thing on planet Earth. That happened. That's real. Jeopardy hasn't come calling, or they, the offer they've made has just been insignificant to Mister Rodgers. And then the NFC is stacked. Um, I I just went and did a rant about being positive and everything, but the season's probably over. Like we're not. Guys, we're not making the playoffs. I'm sorry to break it to you if this is the first time someone's told you. We're not making the playoffs. Lions aren't doing anything significant. We're 0-3. Like, it fucking sucks, but it is what it is. We're three weeks into the NFL season, and it's, all right, doesn't matter. I'm still going to watch. I'm still probably going to get upset when we fucking do something stupid that costs ourselves the game. But it doesn't matter. If they win, great. One and three, Dan Campbell gets his first win. We beat the Bears. Awesome, but okay. The road, the road to four and thirteen continues, right? So it is what it is. We'll still get into it. Um, I do think the one interesting part of it, obviously, the Bears kind of have an interesting storyline going. They're where we were last year. They have a dumbass coach who thinks he's smart. Um, Justin Fields, like, is he any good? He he had that quote. <laughs> So funny to look back on athlete quotes. He had that quote in the preseason saying, <laughs> it's like, honestly, the NFL is kind of slow. <laughs> and then he had 50 yards last week. Um, not good. That's not good. That is not good, Justin Fields, at all. Um, so they're struggling. They're kind of trying to find their way. They're probably thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, we, we're not going to be favored. We're not going to have the upper hand in a lot of games this year. Hey, we get to play the 0-3 Lions. They're the fucking Lions. Um, they have Dan Campbell. Like, I'm not afraid of Jared Goff. That's exactly what they're saying. It's the battle of the turds. It's a battle of the turds who need a win. And it's a battle of the turds who are both going into this game like, yeah, this team, the other team stinks. We can win this game. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to go into. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of excited. I like the idea and I like the narrative and I like the aspect of it that it is Dan Campbell. Like this is let's go, Dan. This is the game you win. This is the first Dan Campbell win. You look at the schedule before the year. Niners, eh. Packers, eh. Ravens, eh. Bears, Bears. That's where Dan Campbell gets it started. This is the opportune time for Dan Campbell to get his first win in Detroit. And there are going to be people out there too that say, oh, just lose. Let's go on 17. Take the number one pick. Okay. Um, Dan Campbell's going to have to win eventually. 
The Lions, they're fucking bad. Don't get me wrong. But we did just hold the Ravens the 19th. They did battle back and give the Niners a scare. They dominated the Green Bay Packers for a half. Like, they're bad, absolutely. I don't know if they're as bad as people think. Like, we're not the worst team in the NFL. The Bears, the Bears, the team that just had 50 yards in a game with their young hotshot QB, they could be the worst team in the NFL. Like, they're fucking bad. They are real bad. I got to say, too. So, Dan Campbell, I think that's the main storyline. Like, Dan, you're playing a dog shit team. It's a rival. This is kind of the opportune time for him to get his first win. Um, that's the main storyline. But on the other side, more of a kind of a positive outlook. You look at the Lions next three. So they got the Bears this week. They got the Vikings the following week. Also bad. Probably better than Detroit, but very beatable. T- they, the Vikings just beat someone, actually, that they shouldn't have. Regar- I think Arizona. Regardless, though, beatable team. Like the Vikings defense, talk about bad. They stink. And then they've got the Bengals. That's a winnable game, too. Like you look at the schedule. Three and three is attainable. Three and three is possible. Will it happen? I don't know. But it does. You look at it that way, like, hey, they they could finish three and three. It kind of adds a little juice to this week's game. As far as this game goes, in a nutshell, though, it's eh, it's similar to what I said last week about the Ravens. Obviously, Cats played pretty well. The defense showed up. They kept it close. It was a good game. Should have won the fucking game. We don't want to talk about that, though. But this Bears game is in a similar vein where it's, in isolation as just the game, like not looking ahead to, oh, maybe, maybe three and three's there, not looking ahead to any of that, not thinking it all out. This game alone as an 0 3 team, as a team that I don't know what the percentages are, but if you go 0 3, it's probably like zero that you make the playoffs. It's tough. I'm sorry. I don't know if most Lions fans right now are going in every week like, let's go. This is fucking it. I don't know if that's what most people are doing and I'm in the minority, but it's tough for me to to really get up. It's tough. I don't know. I, I, it just is what it is. Like, I still care. I still want them to win. I'm going to tune in. I'll probably be excited. Come Sunday, I'll be pumped up to watch the game. But right now, like diving in, it's tough, dude. It's tough. I will say this. As far as this Bears game goes on Sunday, I'm honestly kind of excited to watch Fields. <laughs> Doesn't have anything to do with the Lions, but I'm excited to watch Justin Fields play. I am documented as wanting the Lions to take Justin Fields. So it'll be fun to watch him. He was fucking sick at Ohio State as an MSU fan. Got to watch him every year. I'm excited to watch Fields, but as far as the Lions go, couple things really interest me. A, how do you respond? Like, what's the energy level? Is it still positive in the locker room? We've talked enough about the media and their attitude. Are we, are the guys still coming out fired up? Are they still in let's win mode? Are they still let's lay this shit on the line? We believe Dan Campbell's our guy. What is the team's energy like, especially coming off a fucking heartbreaker, like the way they lost against the Ravens? Are they still here? Are they still bought in? Do they still want to do this? They're looking at the same thing I am. They know they're 0-3. They know the odds of going to the playoffs if you start 0-3 are slim to none. They're aware of that. But do they still come out with fire? Do they still want to kick the Bears' asses? The energy level is the number one thing. The energy level and just the buy-in and does it feel like we're all still in this kind of thing. That's my number one concern or thing I'll, I'll be looking for. Number two, 
listen, the defense who I have fucking massacred time and time again on the podcast, on Twitter, on social media, on TikTok, to my friends, to my parents, to the goddamn clouds and the trees outside, to anything that'll listen. I have berated his defense. I've given them no, no, no positive remarks. I mean, how could you between the San Francisco game and the Green Bay game? I'll tip my hat here, though. They fucking showed out. The Aquara brothers, namely, showed out against the Ravens. I I said last week I thought the Ravens were going to come out. They just dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. What are they going to do to the Detroit Lions and this defense that would struggle to stop my high school team? What are they going to do to them? Are we going to see a four-digit yardage game from the Ravens' offense? I, I That's kind of how I thought that thing was going to go. The Aquara brothers apparently either fucking hate Baltimore or decided they're sick of losing. Didn't totally pay off, but they almost made it happen. I, I respect the sentiment. The Aquara brothers came out like banshees out of hell, dominated. They sacked Lamar four or five times. They got to Lamar. They pressured Lamar more than I think they pressured quarterbacks all of them over the entire last season. They they got to Lamar more just this past Sunday and they held the fucking Ravens the 19. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Say what you will about the defense, about the lines, about Dan Campbell, whoever, I don't care. Say what you will about anything. That defense turning in that performance against Lamar Jackson, against a team who loves to run the ball and is proficient at running the ball, coming off getting dominated by the Packers, getting dominated by the Niners from the defensive perspective where there's no, like they weren't working off a positive game. There wasn't like, Oh, the defense is getting there. There was no sign. There was no reason for the defense to turn it on like that. We had no indication that they would stuff Lamar Jackson into their fucking middle school locker. They, there was no indication. And that's what they did. Aquara said, you know what? We may still lose, but I'm going to dominate today. I'm going to just, take it upon myself to get to the quarterback. Nobody else wants to. Fine. I don't give a shit. I'm going to do it. And they they kept the game close. The, the defense is the entire reason the Lions had a chance to win that game. They got to Lamar. The pass pro, or I mean the pass coverage was, I mean, Hollywood Brown dropped fucking 15 wide open touchdowns. So it's tough to praise the corners when <laughs> Hollywood Brown's doing their job for him. But I guess I'll take it. I'm interested to see the defense again, though. I'm interested specifically to see the front four. Um, we as far we know from the Bears last week, they threw Justin Fields to the fucking Wolves. They did nothing to help protect them. Hopefully they do that same thing again this week. Hopefully the Lions take advantage. Hopefully they they bring the heat. They bring that performance. The D-line brings the intensity and the effort that they brought this past week. Cause if they do, if they do, they should give Justin Fields a fucking nightmare of a Sunday. Justin Fields should hate playing quarterback by the time the Lions are done with him on Sunday if the Bears scheme it up the way they did last week. They should. And if the defensive line shows up the way they did against the Ravens. So I'm excited to see the intensity of the team. I'm very interested to see if this defense, and and namely the front four, front seven, can deliver another performance like that. Because, hey, was it a fluke? Is that just a one-off, one of 17? Or... Are we capable of getting to the quarterback a little bit? I don't need you to record five sacks a game. That's crazy talk. But are we capable of, well, we'll get a couple. We'll we'll make you throw it sooner than you want to a little bit. Like, can we just do that? Let's start there. Baby steps. And last but not least, 
Um, no secret, the offense was a joke. I mean, golf wasn't great. O-line wasn't great in that first half. Took them to the second half to do much of anything. To do much of anything. I mean, they scored 17. That's not like a fucking world-breaking number. Good half, 17 and a half. I'll live with that. Not a world-breaking number, though, and obviously wasn't enough to get the job done. I'm interested to see the offense and specifically within the offense how they use DeAndre Swift and Hawk. Because in that game, in the Ravens game this past Sunday, you noticed first half they struggled. First half, DeAndre Swift didn't get the ball much. First half, it, it the game plan was not giving it to our best playmakers, which is, hey, I'm, I'm not the NFL guy. Sadly, I'm not getting paid millions to draw up offenses. But, you know, a little bit questionable. That's kind of a head-scratcher. We're going to run the offense. We're going to predicate the offense on not giving it to our best players. All right, coach. I guess let's see. Let's fucking see how it goes. Doesn't doesn't sound like it's going to go very far, but I guess we'll see. Um, and then in the second half, they score 17 points. And by by a miracle, almost a coincidence, they score 17 and DeAndre Swift gets the ball like 15 times. What a world. Who would have thunk? So I'm excited to see, or not even excited, I'm interested. I'm like more analytical, like, hey, Anthony Lynn, figure it out a bit, pal. Like you gave DeAndre Swift the ball a ton in the second half. He's a fucking animal and you scored points. When you didn't give him the ball in the first half, you couldn't do a thing. So I want the Lions to realize, A, two things. You look at last game, you see what worked, what didn't, and you make the adjustment based on that. Okay, it works when we give the ball our best to our best players. Let's do that more. And B, just realizing who your best players are. Like why is it? That like why like why do you have a DeAndre Swift if you're not gonna just use him? Yeah, it sucks that CMC gets hurt and and those those guys that have 400 touches are getting hurt. But hey, like you have Christian McCaffrey use his ass. You have DeAndre Swift. What's he doing here if you're not gonna give him the ball? You have T.J. Hawkinson. What's the point of having him if you don't throw it to him? So a realize what worked, giving the ball to your best players last week and B just realize who your best players are. Just realize what's the point of having very good players if they don't have the ball. So those are the three things, the intensity, the D line and the defense. Like, is that a fluke or can they do that again? I mean, if you did that to the Ravens, if you held Baltimore to 19, Justin Fields and the bears just recorded 50 something yards last week. You better do it to them. You got to do it to them. So I want to see the defense, and I want to see the offense. DeAndre Swift is your best player. Hawk is maybe your best or second best player. Give them the ball. Give them the fucking ball. It's not that difficult. Draw up a couple tight end outs. Give a couple stretch plays to DeAndre. Like, it's not that tough. Give the ball to the players who do things when they have the ball. It's pretty easy. All right, I'm going to take another quick break just to drink some water and I don't know, catch my breath, I guess. Um, and then we'll do uh, MSU in Michigan. Shockingly, <laughs> shockingly, obviously I'm an MSU fan. Spartans, I've, listen, we've had our time on this podcast. We've had our time. We'll continue to have our time. Pretty much every time I talk about college football, it's like 25 minutes of state and five minutes of Michigan. Listen. It, this week's going to be more of a Michigan week, I think. I mean, we'll do we'll brush on state real quick, but there's not much to get into. Big game last week, great fucking win from the from the dogs. We kind of recap that that game and the 
the fact that, yeah, I kind of like personally, I kind of like the fact that the guy struggled. The offense was bad. I almost just threw up. Um, I don't like that the offense made me throw up, but I like that in the face of the offense making me throw up, they figured out a way to score points and win the game. They had a punt return. They had an interception when they needed it, and Coughlin was nails. Like, yeah, you'd like to beat everybody by 70, but hey, you're going to have those days where it's, you know, it's just not working as well as it should. It's the ball's not bouncing your way. It's just one of those days where, ugh. Not ever just you're missing the one block, the one guy fucks up, the one thing, the this or that. The game where you just it feels like things are working against you. The universe doesn't want you to win. And you give the bird right to the universe's face and say, you know what? This is Michigan State. We're undefeated. We got something to play for. This is Mel Tucker's house. This is the fucking woodshed, baby. We're dogs. Bird to the universe, we're winning this game anyway. I love that win. Nebraska's no slouch either, dude. Nebraska's no slouch, especially considering, and it was similar to Rutgers. Those teams come into that game, night game, stripe the stadium, fucking pack the woodshed. Nebraska sees that shit. They hear that shit. They want to beat our ass, dude. They want to play spoiler. They're not just coming in like, oh, man, Michigan State's 3-0 and right now. Like, oh, shit, should we just not show up? No, they're coming in like, fuck these guys. Let's ruin their season. Good win. Good win. Now this week, I, I would say a bit of a trap game. So I thought that game against Nebraska was was a trap game. I think it's Nebraska coming off the close emotional loss to OU. They're two and two now. Their season's pretty much fucking buried. Going in MSU, you're three and zero. You're humming. You just smashed Miami. What's Nebraska at home gonna do? Right? Like the the first time MSU's got the pressure on them now. The first time where you're not really playing with house money if you're Michigan State. The first time where you're going to play in front of your fans and they're expecting you to win the game. I thought last week against Nebraska was a trap game for MSU. And honestly, that Michigan game, same thing. Very similar. Both of these programs all year. Just the, the path they've taken from preseason expectation to where they're at right now and the way they're playing. Both Michigan, Michigan State, I've said it before, very similar narratives behind these seasons so pretty much everything i say for msu applies to michigan and vice versa but it's the first time or it was the first time msu's taken the field in the mel tucker era taking the field home or away obviously home game night game stripe the stadium big game first time they've taken the field in front of their fans where i'm sure within the locker room they're thinking we should win this fucking game all the fans there nebraska two and two nebraska Fucking state should smash these guys. We're undefeated. We're red. What? Come on now. Like first time the pressure's on now. It now it's real. Now it's not, oh, if you lose, well, whatever. You were supposed to lose. Now it's if you lose, oh, you that's not good. You're supposed to win that game. Pressure's on. That changes things. Especially like, dude, these guys are fucking 18, 19, 20 years old. They're thinking about that shit. They're sitting there in the locker room all week. They're thinking, damn, like we are. Like, we're supposed to win this week. That's kind of fucking crazy. All last season, house money. All up to this season, no one's expecting Michigan State to be 4-0. House money. Now you are 4-0. Now we're here. I said this last week. Yeah, I still don't expect State to go 12-0. They'll probably finish 8-4, which is going to be a great season if they do. But now that we're here, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, yeah, you probably, you know, Nebraska's a good team. 
No one expected you to win that game before the season. Whatever. Fine if you lose it. Fuck no. Now that we're here, win the goddamn game. Win all the games. We can beat anybody on our schedule. Michigan, Penn State, I don't care what they're ranked. And we play Penn State tough. Ohio State, they're not Ohio State this year. Win every game on the schedule, dude. I'm not taking the, oh, Michigan State. Well, they're 4-0. That's way better than anyone thought we'd be. So whatever happens, happens. Who cares? No, dude. You're 4-0. Okay, let's be 5-0. You're 5-0. Let's be 6-0. Like, why, why would that not be the mentality? So now the narrative on this season is going to flip. And it's going to be interesting to see how, obviously, like Mel – reacts how mel administers that or i guess like introduces that to the locker room to to the team it's interesting how the state players and the fans are going to react where now we came in yeah we go six and six that's fine that's a good season here we are four and oh we're playing western kentucky to get to five and oh another game where michigan state night game it's homecoming there's going to be a lot of people there and the fans everyone is going to be thinking the same shit Western Kentucky, we're four and zero. We're ranked. Oh, this is this should be an easy win. We should be five and zero. Similar circumstance to Nebraska. A little bit of a trap game this week, but I do think I think Michigan State it wins this one more handily, and I'll tell you why. Two reasons for me. One, um, I think even though Western Kentucky, yeah, they may have a good passing attack. I think Nebraska's better. Nebraska's strength of their team was their front four, front seven, the defense. I'd rather play a team that's weaker defensively than strong. Like those are the teams I feel that fuck you up. Like in a in an upset game, in a trap game. I even being a state fan, the games over the last few years where states won where they're not supposed to, usually not because they're putting up 30 points. It's usually because the other team is like fucking dumbfounded at the state defense. So I like it a little bit more that their strength isn't going to be the defense. And again, I mean, their offense may be great, whatever the case may be. I don't know. Any of their players don't know much about Western Kentucky. But they're Western Kentucky. We're Michigan State. That Simple as that. Like our players at every single position should be better athletes, should be bigger, should be stronger, should be faster, should be better athletes every single position. Maybe their offense is great. Maybe whatever. Our corners should be looking at their wideouts like, oh, these are, this is the slow, or this, these are the Youngstown guys. You know what I'm saying? Our offensive linemen should be pushing around their defensive line like, oh, these guys are, these guys are small. You know what I'm saying? That's what I, that's what makes me feel better about it. One and two, the fact that State had that close one last week, and this is why I like the close ones. The fact that State they were in the tight game. Buttholes were clenched at Spartan Stadium. Looking around, you're losing by a touchdown with a couple minutes in the fourth quarter. People were looking around like, oh, man, fuck, (laughs) are we going to lose? They were there. They won by three. They snuck out of there. They were there, though. They had the pressure on. They had the night game. Now they've done it. And I think they're going to come into this week more emphasized on the idea of this game. Like, we're not looking ahead. I don't care if we're 4-0, 10-0. I don't give a shit what we are. Tonight, we play Western Kentucky, and that's it. And that's all we're worried about. I don't think State takes them light at all. I think State actually takes them more serious after that three-point game against Nebraska. I think they go in like, we don't want that happening. Like, let's fucking 
demolish these guys. We had the close call last week. We don't want that happening again. I think they take this game heavier, actually, because of last week. I think they come in with more focused and with more of a killer mindset of let's fucking blast these guys. I don't want to just win. I, let's take care of them. Let's make sure the game's over by the third quarter, right? I think they come in and they want to dominate. I don't know if they necessarily dominate, dominate, but I think they win the game comfortably. I think it's probably like 34-17, 34-21, where it's like, all right, State had that. That's what I think. I think last week, the, the key to this week is last week's close game, last week being kind of a trap game. Now State's been there. They've had the pressure on. They've had the 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 big crowd, the night game, the hype, and uh-oh, what's going to happen? They've been there. They don't let it come close again. Nebraska's a better team than Western Kentucky. State's a better team than Western Kentucky. I think Mel gets them right. Mel gets them focused. They take care of business. 5-0, and oh, let's fucking go play Rutgers in Piscataway, right? Let's go play Rutgers in front of 1,000 people. Michigan. Michigan. Also, for State this week, I think Kenneth Walker gets back. He's kind of quiet against Nebraska. Had a pretty good game against Miami. Quiet against Nebraska. I think the game plan, I think the coaches, I think it's like uh, if we do nothing else this week, we're we're going to give Kenneth Walker 20 touches. I think Ken has a big game. He's kind of been quiet. He's kind of fallen off since the beginning of the year. I think he has like a 150, 200 yarder. And all of a sudden, he's back in the Heisman talk. Everybody in the country is talking about this guy like, holy shit. Wait a second. We forgot him. This is the same dude that had 200-something yards against Northwestern. I think it's a big Kenneth Walker game. Michigan, though. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. This is <clears throat> this is the big game in the state. Lions, Spartans, this is the big game. The Wolverines, this is the big game. I mean, how could it not be? Wisconsin, unfortunately, fall, fell out of the rankings after getting tanked. After getting strangled, I don't know what adjective you want to use. Verb? Is that a verb? (laughs) Verb you want to use to denote them being fucking brutally murdered. Um, They got smashed by Notre Dame. They lost their ranking. Graham Mertz is just bad, I guess. I don't know what happened to him. I still remember last or two years ago when he made his debut for Wisconsin and they won like 35-0 or something and everyone was looking around like, holy shit. Wisconsin, Wisconsin just got the best quarterback in the country. Are they going to win the big? T- like it was a big moment. Don't know what happened to him. He's terrible. Wisconsin offense is terrible. Um, they they fueled the Notre Dame game. They fueled Notre Dame's points. Well, the Wisconsin offense did just handing out pick sixes, just turning the ball over like it's well, any old thing. That's not going to fly. That didn't fly against Notre Dame. They got killed. That's not going to fly against Michigan. Big game, though. Huge stage, and I want to set the stage a bit. Obviously, in Wisconsin, obviously, Camp Randall, place is going to be jumping. There's certain teams. Um, I think Wisconsin's got a great atmosphere any day, but obviously, there's certain teams that when they come to town, it's just going to be that much more intense. The stadium's going to be that much more full, that much more loud. I think Michigan's one of those teams. Um, I think, obviously, Ohio State is probably one of those teams. Penn State is one of those teams. Michigan State, maybe maybe now, but the last few years not so much, but like 2015, that run, the 2010-2015 Michigan State, there are certain teams that when they come to town, it's a bigger game. It's a bigger game. Like you could have a 14th-ranked Michigan come to town or a 14th-ranked Indiana. Big game when Michigan. Bigger game when Michigan comes to town. 
I know Wisconsin fell out of the rankings. I know their offense hasn't looked great. It's looked fucking terrible. What am I saying? Um, I know their season's probably probably in the can. Think about it, though. I don't think Notre Dame's great either. But the reason Notre Dame won that game is because Graham Mertz was just dishing pick sixes to everybody who wanted one. Right? Notre Dame didn't blow them out of the water. It's not like Notre Dame ran the ball everywhere and was lighting it up. Fuck no. Wisconsin's got a good defense. Wisconsin's got a good defense. They always do, it feels like. They always play hard. The line of scrimmage for Wisconsin always feels like an area they excel, both defensively and offensively. Wisconsin's got a good defense, dude. They're not going to just give up touchdowns. They're not going to just hand over points. Unless Graham Mertz is doing it, It's they're a tough team to score on. Yeah, their offense stinks, but it, I just said it in reference to Michigan State. Those teams, you play those teams, it's one thing. Yeah, maybe their offense is bad, but you play those teams with good defenses and it's going to be on the road. It is going to be loud as fuck. And you can sense like, hey, Jim Harbaugh, it's year seven. Like everybody knows what's going on. They know that's a big game, not only for this season, but the future of the program and Harbaugh's future. Like the Wisconsin fans know that. It's going to be loud as shit. Michigan's offense up until last week, has been humming. They struggled last week, though. That second half was atrocious. Wisconsin's better. Wisconsin's got a better defense than Rutgers. It's on the road now. Wisconsin. It's going to be loud when they're on, when Michigan's playing offense. They're going to have trouble communicating, changing the play here in the snap. It's going to be loud. They the the offense for Michigan struggled last week against Rutgers. If I was a Michigan fan, that would make me nervous. The fact too that the offense has been predicated on running the football and Rutgers figured out how to stop it. And and once they did, it the gears came to a screeching halt for the Wolverines. Like the moment Rutgers, when that second half came and went and it was like Rutgers, you could just tell drive by drive, oh, Michigan, uh-oh, Rutgers did something. Michigan can't run the ball anymore. What's next? What's the next option? What do we do now? They had nothing. They had nothing in the bank. They had no answer. If that happens to Michigan again this week, they come out, obviously try to run the football, try to play to their strengths, which they should. Michigan in the first quarter, first half, should do everything in their power to try to run the football. That's the strength of their team. That's why after three weeks people were like, holy shit, is Michigan going to win the Big Ten? Try to run the football. You should. But I'll tell you what. and this is the key to this one. This is the interesting part. If Michigan, they get stopped, they get Wisconsin just has their number. They've, they've figured out the run. Or even if Wisconsin, their game plan is we're, we're going to sell out against the run. Maybe we'll get beat deep. Maybe Cade will make a few plays fine, but we will not be, be beaten by the run game. If that's Wisconsin's mentality and their game plan coming in, I don't know how, how confident I am. If I'm a Michigan fan, with the offense and the fate of the game resting on Cade McNamara making plays. Nothing against Cade. I've compared him, again, him and Peyton Thorne, very similar this year. Haven't had to do a ton, but they've done what they've needed to. They've been able to kind of rely on the run game. They've just been able, it's, hey, just make the easy throws, just make the easy reads. Like, you don't have to be fucking breaking tackles and heaving at 80 yards. You don't have to do anything crazy. Just make the right read, make the throw, boom. Hand the ball off, make the re- like it's they've kept it simple. This week, if Wisconsin solves the run, and if they solve it early, because Michigan scored that twenty in the first half, and that was it, they just banked on the twenty. If if Wisconsin solves that run earlier in this game, 
Like maybe Michigan runs it. They score a touchdown in the first quarter. But by the second quarter, Wisconsin's got it. Oh, oh, you can't just hand it off every time now. Uh-oh, Cade, you got to throw it. Uh-oh, Cade, your worst nightmare. You got to make a read and throw a football in a huge game with a loud atmosphere. If that happens in the second quarter and Michigan's only got seven points and now it's on Cade and it's on the pass game to figure out a way, that's where this game gets hairy. Michigan's ranked higher. They'll be the favorites. They I probably have the better team, certainly have the better offense. You, you get to the second quarter, and now it's, oof, we're going to live and die with Cade. I don't know if I love that if I'm a Michigan fan. I'll tell you this. The, the positive aspect of it is now you figure out what you have. If that becomes the case, now you figure out what you have. I mean, obviously kind of became the case last week in that second half where it turned into we can't run it. Cade, figure, I mean, you're going to have to start throwing it, figure it out. Didn't go super great. Whatever. It's one half against Rutgers, new game, new life. If that turns, if this game turns into early enough, if this Wisconsin game turns into Cade, throw the ball, you got to figure it out. I it, Interesting. He's got the opportunity. The one bright spot or the one positive outlook on that would be, all right, let's fucking see it, Cade. Now you got a chance to show what you're about. Now Michigan, you know if he's the guy or not. Because guess what? If Michigan fans, you're sitting there thinking, all right, this season, let's win the big, let's win 11 games, whatever. If you got high goals, you lofty goals, you want to go the whole way, you're going to face teams that you can't run the ball on where Cade or whoever's playing quarterback will have to make plays. You're going to play Michigan State. He'll probably have to make some plays. Penn State, he'll probably have to make some plays. Wisconsin this weekend, Ohio State. You're going to play some teams where you can't just hand it off 40 times and that's it. You're going to play some teams where you're going to have to look at Cade and say, you know what, um, this run thing's not working. It's run thing's not working. You're going to have to start just running it, Cade. Run the fucking show. Let's see it. So that'll be interesting. I think the Michigan offense against this Wisconsin defense is the matchup of the game. I think that determines the game. If the run gets stopped, well, if the run gets going and doesn't get stopped, Michigan's going to kill them. Michigan's going to blow them out. If the run gets stopped early enough and we got to start throwing, if Cade, if if Cade's got his sea legs and he's throwing it, he's making the right reads, making the plays, Wisconsin, you're fucked. You don't stand a chance. But if you get a repeat of the Rutgers performance where now that the run game's gone, these guys can't pick up a first down, then I think Wisconsin, this one's there for the taking. On the flip side, Graham Mertz blows. Grammar's blows. That's the one nice thing Michigan's got going for you. If that happens, you can't run the ball, and now it's Cade, and now you're nervous, and, oh, man, this is the offense doesn't look great. At least you got the resting or the fallback of, well, Wisconsin's offense also stinks. Their quarterback is worse than ours. Like, at least you got that going for you. And Michigan's defense has been great. Michigan's defense has been great this year. I mean, that's why they're winning games. Honestly, State a little bit too. State's obviously put up some big point games, but State's defense, Northwestern, they suffocated them. Youngstown, Miami, the defense gave them nothing. Nebraska, the defense kept them in the game. Both teams, again, the defense. And Michigan's defense has been deadly this year. They've been fucking awesome. I will say, again, Rutgers last week, figured it out a bit in the second half. They had the potential to score more points. Honestly, watching that game back, I watched it yesterday. I can't like Rutgers probably should have won that game. 
or Rutgers at least had a very good chance at winning that game. Rutgers was right there. They blew some major opportunities. But Michigan's defense outside of that second half has been lethal. And you pair that with a Wisconsin offense that is as inept as it gets with a QB who (laughs) seems to be interested in nothing other than fucking handing the ball to the other team. (laughs) I don't see how Wisconsin scores points. Yeah, they'll have the atmosphere, the energy. Maybe that fuels them up a bit. I, I I always feel like the atmosphere in the stadium is more of a defense thing, like get the defense flying around, get the D-line charged up, obviously cause the offense to fall start. I don't know how the being at home with the crowd and the atmosphere, I don't know if that helps an offense that has a quarterback that doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, if Wisconsin can run the ball, that'll help, but I don't, I don't think they do. Michigan's defense is nasty. Michigan's defense has fucking guys on it. Michigan's defense is not going to just give up easy plays, easy touchdowns. Wisconsin's going to have to figure out a way to earn that shit. I, I think Michigan. I think Michigan wins this game. I think they should win the game. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's like a layup, though, by any means. I don't think anybody should think it's a layup. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a hard-fought game. Very Big Ten line them up, fucking eight offensive linemen, just halfback dive, banging heads. Very, very old school game. I I feel like these Michigan-Wisconsin games always are. But I think Michigan will win. I think Michigan should win. Um, I just, it's tough to pick a team like Wisconsin that's playing a very good defense like Michigan's and has a quarterback that is to the point where if Graham Mertz didn't start Saturday, okay, like I get that. I kind of that may be the right decision. That may, I don't know who Wisconsin's backups are, but that may be at this juncture. Graham Mertz sitting out, that might be the fucking best way to go if you want to win the game as a Wisconsin fan. I don't know. But I think Michigan should win. The the biggest thing to me though, the biggest the game aside, just storyline and aspect of this game is the Harbaugh narrative. I made a joke about it the other day. The funniest thing as an MSU fan, obviously, like I don't give a shit what happens to Harbaugh. If he's there, we'll keep beating him. If he's not there, they'll find someone else who sucks at coaching. It doesn't matter. The biggest thing is the narrative for Harbaugh. Like it, I kind of feel bad for the, I hate Jim Harbaugh because he's a tool, but I do a little bit feel bad. He can't win. Either you go into Camp Randall, you beat a Wisconsin team who's unranked, who just got annihilated by Notre Dame, and it's a game. All right, cool, Michigan. Cool, Harbaugh. You went in. You beat a team that you're supposed to beat that isn't very good. You got out, right? Where where two weeks ago, this is a game where, oh, shit, you went into Camp Randall and you beat a ranked Wisconsin team. You beat a team with a great defense and Graham Mer- like. Two weeks ago, this game, Michigan winning it, was a would be a big deal, would be a huge win. It still is. You ask me, I still think this is a huge win. Like I said, Camp Randall is going to be going fucking nuts. Wisconsin just got their doors blown off against Northwestern. They don't like losing. They know they can beat Michigan. They're capable of it. They're going to come out guns ablaze and doing everything in their power to win the game, right? But now they're unranked. Now they've lost, I think, a couple times. Obviously, uh, obviously Notre Dame last week. I think they lost one other. Now it's, oh, you beat Wisconsin. Cool. You beat an unranked Wisconsin team with Graham Mertz throwing picks every which way. 
Oh, they lost to Penn State week one, 16-10. So now it goes from, oh, man, you beat a you beat a ranked Wisconsin team that might win the West that's got a stout defense and a ranking. Now it becomes, all right, cool, Jim. You beat a one and two Wisconsin team that's unranked and and can't score. Right? Or, God forbid, or Michigan loses and it's, oh my God, Jim Harbaugh can't win the big game. Jim Harbaugh can't win the big game. That 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 was the first big one this year for Michigan. On the road, Wisconsin, powerhouse program, can't win the big game. Michigan had to have it. He can't win the big game. Not even, and and it, it'll get worse to the point of not only can he not win the big game, it's not like he lost to number 10 Wisconsin. He's losing to a team on the road that's unranked. That's one and two. The narrative for Harbaugh couldn't possibly be worse. You either win and everyone starts giving you the whole, oh, Wisconsin's not even good. Wisconsin's one and two. Wisconsin's quarterback plays things. You either win the game and everybody discredits it, or you lose it and it, it's going to be a landslide. It's going to be a waterfall of people. Jim Harbaugh can't win the big game. Jim Harbaugh can't even beat an unranked Wisconsin. It's year seven. He can't beat an unranked Wisconsin. Forget about Ohio State or a Big Ten championship. This is a huge, huge game for Jim Harbaugh. The other thing, too, I think Michigan fans know. I think most people know. Like I said, they beat Wisconsin. This is a great win. That is a big game to me. Wisconsin on the road, they're reeling. They need one. They're desperate for one, right? They've lost to two good teams, two top 10 teams. Like, yeah, they might be unranked. Yeah, they might be one and two. They lost to fucking Penn State by six. And then Graham Mertz blew the Notre Dame game. You beat Wisconsin, that's a good win. But people are going to say, oh, they're not so great. They're on, oh, they're one and two. I think Michigan fans know they win. That's a big game. But if they lose, people are going to start coming for Harbaugh. If Michigan loses Saturday, I'd bet my life. I would bet my life you start to see Michigan fans calling for the head. I, I It just is what it is. You lose no matter – even though Wisconsin is a good team and then went – like it's a big game. If they lose to Wisconsin, it's like, all right, you lost to a good team. Shit happens on the road. If they lose to Wisconsin, Michigan fans are going to come out and they're going to use the you lost to an unranked one and two team in year seven when we're supposed to be competing for for Big Ten championships. And here we are, week five, and you lost to an unranked team. If Michigan loses Saturday, Jim Harbaugh, you will hear you will hear the clamors for Jim Harbaugh's head on a spike from Michigan fans, from national pundits, everybody. They're going to lock in on Harbaugh. They lose that game Saturday. And unfortunately for him, uh, they win the game Saturday. People are going to say, oh, great, cool. You beat an unranked team. Who gives a shit? (laughs) So I think that's the game. This is the game in the state. Michigan State, it'll be interesting, kind of a trap game. They're doing their own thing. They're trying to get to 5-0. I mean, their next big game, State, Indiana is kind of a big one. But then Michigan, they're doing their own thing. The Lions are kind of doesn't matter. Michigan? has implications. Michigan has implications for this season, obviously, because you got to win all your games. But Michigan has implications for, is Jim Harbaugh going to return fucking next year? Is Jim Harbaugh going to be around by week 10 if they lose this game to Wisconsin? Huge game. Can't wait to watch. Great slate of games this weekend. I love college football. I love September. I love this weather. I can't wait for Saturday. I'm going to be back in East Lansing too. Woo! Woo! I can't wait. All right, that's all I got today, folks. We got the Lions. We co- we talked a little Stones and Red Wings. We covered Michigan, Michigan State. 
big weekend ahead. Go green. Let's get to five and zero. Mel Tucker, keep this thing rolling. Lions defense show up again. Justin Fields, make him look like an amateur. Let's go. Dan Campbell, not a better time for your first win. And Michigan, fucking gut check time. Is this for real? Is this, is year seven for real, or is it going to be like all the other ones? Jim Harbaugh, you like living in Ar- in Ann Arbor? You like getting the cushy job with the fat paycheck? Well, fucking put your money where your mouth is, guy. Appreciate everybody listening. Um, keep spreading the word. Keep telling your friends. Keep telling whoever. Keep supporting. I really do appreciate it. I need it. It's how we grow. If you're new, like and uh, follow the podcast so you don't miss, miss an episode. Hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you guys next week.